Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rust-Oleum. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code PROGRAM. Hey, this is John Norberger from Kansas City, Missouri, USA. I'm a socio because I love football, and Graham is one of a kind in terms of knowledge and storytelling ability. My favorite show last season was definitely Roberto Di Matteo. Drugless Phoenix Rising USL team played our own local team a couple of times last season, and I got to thank him personally for his career. Would have had no way besides the podcast to hear more about Drogba's legendary days at Chelsea and also about Di Matteo's own playing career. There were just so many great stories in that episode. I learned a ton. Thanks so much. I'm looking forward to another great season. Hello, I'm Neil White and this is the big interview from the World Cup. On the other end of the line, from Sochi, Russia, is Graham Hunter. Now, on Tuesday, we put out a special podcast reacting to the news that Julen Lopotegui, the Spain head coach, had been named as the incoming manager of Real Madrid to start after the World Cup. We called that an emergency podcast. Well, if that was an emergency, I'm not sure where we are now. In a press conference, Graham attended... Yesterday, as we record this, the head of the Spanish Football Federation, Luis Rubiales, announced the sacking of Lopetegui, who went out undefeated after two years in charge of the national team and, far more importantly, two days before their Group B opener against Portugal. In came Federation Sporting Director and former Real Madrid captain Fernando Hierro. Graham, you said last time that Lopetegui to Madrid was a bolt from the blue. What about the reaction from Rubiales yesterday? Was there a sense, as the day progressed on Tuesday evening, that this was where things were headed? Yeah, it became more and more so. I, I, there's no point in uh, me trying to be wise after the event. Um, all, we, all we began to get were inklings, because when the Lopetegui news first broke, the Federation put out a communique saying, well, there'll be a chat between uh, the media and Rubiales and Lopetegui tomorrow. So that would tell you... Um, He's staying. Um, there was a timing given, 11.30, Krasnodar time came and went. That's two hours ahead of the UK, one hour ahead of the rest, the, the majority of mainland Europe. Um, when, as soon as, the, well, there was a phrase used by Rubiales, I think on the radio on the night of the Lopetegui announcement, um, where 
he was asked about the way forward and he said, we'll do the best for the team. And, you know, one of the things that you get used to um, in, in reporting is, is it's not weasel words. You try to read between the lines. Now, I know that some uh, companions, some, some colleagues were unsure about Rubiales' willingness to, uh, to be flexible over the manner of the, the way that the Federation had found out. This is a guy, Rubiales, who spent a long time being pretty firmly militant for the rights of players and then launched a campaign to be president of the, the Spanish FA on, on several grounds that predominantly it was about modernization. Predominantly it was about saying the way things have been done it isn't good enough and, and we want to um, we, we want to rip up the past and begin afresh. Now those words hadn't stopped him on winning the election in late May, um, re- instantly renewing Lopetegui's contract. So overnight there was that you know, when you, if the, obviously everybody listens as a Gregory's Girl fan, and when his pals say to Gregory, or his pals say to each other, they're kind of following Gregory around, and they just rub their fingers together, and there's something in the air tonight as they see Gregory with his, I don't know, second or third girl of the evening. And there was something in the air, and by 11.30, when the, the word came out in a, in, a, in a text that goes round all the principal media, um, as soon as it was shouted out by the first person to read their phone, uh, postponed an hour, Alakaye, Alakaye was the shout. He's out. He's been Alakaye means out to this onto the street. In other words, somebody been turfed out onto the street. And for the following hour and a half until the press conference took place, down in the bowels of the Krasnodar Stadium, which I told you before in the in one of the previous podcasts, is an extraordinary place. Genuinely fantastic but um, a place with no mobile phone signal in the press room. Now, that's, that's pretty drastic. If you don't want the press conferences to be interrupted, it's not a case of turn your mobiles off, ladies and gentlemen. It's like, no signal. Um, that was quite good. I was like, no score. 180. So we sat there for an hour and a half, and the argument from some of the Spanish media was, let's whistle them in, because they do that. If When the Spanish media all over the country... Are, are held up by somebody or, or an organisation that's promised a press conference, they get, they, get, they get whistled in. That didn't quite happen as the door opened, but as the door opened, a spokesman came in, Rubiales came in, and a spokesman followed him up. And instantly you knew that before he reached his chair, let the snappers get their shots, sat down and said, Emos tomar a decision to press India. We've taken a decision to end the contract. As soon as Rubiales moved in on his own, you knew that, that that was it for Lopetegui. And the way to explain it, until I get back to your pressing question, is that no matter how long Rubiales spoke, he said over and over again, we didn't know this was happening. And he was lavish in his praise of Lopetegui. Not just in what Lopetegui has done, um, in terms of the quality of the football since the European Championship or the impeccable qualification record or the fact that they've arrived at the World Cup unbeaten. It's clear that, or at least Rubiales was strenuously trying to be clear that he likes Lopetegui, holds him in high respect, and 
whatever stories come out about political machinations, and there's one today about did Lopetegui or not vote for Rubiales in the elections. I, I, I can't tell you that, so I have no wish to get involved. But what the, what the new president said over and over again was how much he liked and respected Lopetegui. And therefore, the point he went back to over and over again was that for the federation and for the president to be informed five minutes before Real Madrid announced Lopetegui's appointment was made it untenable, made it impossible. And what emerged was a sentiment that effectively President Rubiales wasn't willing to be um, kept in the dark and, and pushed around and, and the Federation to be informed in five minutes' time we're going to announce that we've taken your coach. And, and that, as far as Rubiales explained it, was the absolute centrepiece of a decision which... Um, Overnight, the, the, the Spanish meet. None of the players have had a chance to speak publicly yet. They will tonight. Um, here, we, you know, we're in Sochi ahead of the game. Sergio Ramos at least will speak. And the line was running because some people here do get direct briefings from some players. There was a, a running line that, for example, the captain Sergio Ramos firmly wanted Lopetegui to be allowed to stay on. Um, what Rubiales told us was that the, that the players were um, informed of his action in, in sacking Lopetegui. And subsequently, later in the day, we would be told that they were wholly behind the new appointment. But Rubiales left the press room after quite a long briefing and, and some testy words with the media who said, you didn't give us a proper briefing last night. The briefing you gave us was about uh, you know, there'd been compensation agreed and therefore it seemed as if you had known about this and Rubiales said, we didn't know about this, didn't know this was going on. That that went back and forward and I'm not too, too interested in that side of things. But um, we were told that Lopetegui would come and speak to us. Despedida means a goodbye, a farewell. Within about an hour of being told that, that was cancelled formally by the Federation and we knew that Lopetegui was... Um, in a car, um, heading from the Krasnodar Residencia, they call it, just means the hotel and training complex, to Krasnodar um, Airport en route for Madrid, where it was said at first he'll give a press conference. That, uh, and because I'm in Russia, as we're speaking, it may be, and I don't know um, whether or not there's been a formal... I think they have, I th I think they have a Madrid press conference scheduled for this evening. Yeah, that's that's the word in Russia that that to, today, um, what Thursday the fourteenth, there would be a press conference. I think that's ill judged by both Real Madrid and Lopetegui because if there's any possibility of of moving on and getting the focus back here, um, then a, a full blown press conference by Real Madrid really is rubbing salt in the wound. It, 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 once appointed, they and he could certainly afford to wait until Spain's participation in the World Cup is over for good or bad. Anyway, that's a separate issue. Uh, once we were told that Lopetegui wouldn't um, be speaking this afternoon, Neil, uh, that afternoon, uh, what was left for us was a lot of running about, a lot of editing, a lot of sending. Um, something I don't particularly enjoy, but we have to do a lot of us interviewing each other about, um, you know, it was a sort of Mr. Media, Mr. Twister, you know, <laughs> Around whose leg can you wrap your arm while you stick your head over somebody else's chin? And we all talk about the same issue to each other. 
because with the deficit of of anybody um, in the playing staff or or technical staff to to speak to, um, that's what would fill time for the Spanish media. Special mention mention to Ricardo uh, Sierra, who who often um, broadcasts live from games for a company called Movie Star, and he was asked by his company to basically just do a a live holding uh, conversation in the press conference for pretty nearly an hour before anything happened. And he did it. I listened to it. He did it with brilliant skill. He's a good guy. And um, he did it very, very well. And then as the day progressed, uh, middle of the afternoon, we get the announcement that instead of it being Albert Celades, um, the under-21 coach who in his time played for both Barcelona and Madrid, it was going to be Fernando Hierro, who Barcelona tried to sign, but Madrid pipped them too, and he became a, an all-time Los Blancos legend, director of football, um, until he accepted the job yesterday afternoon. And it ma- it matched exactly with Rubiales' statement, the president, who said, listen, we want the least further disruption. We want the the greatest fit with the next appointment to the squad we've got here. And he said, um, he said we we he was asked whether Kiki Setien of of Real Betis was the 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 guy in his mind, and he emphasised again, no, 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 we want minimum disruptions. And lo and behold, Fernando Hierro, with a lot after a long meeting with Rubiales, said yes, came, sat down in the press conference about six thirty, four thirty UK time, six thirty Krasnodar time, dealt with the questions with Bonomi. No looking back. He had a nice phrase I liked very much where he said, look, when it, the president just came to me and it was a very quick conversation. He said, I had three options when the possibility was offered to me. I could I could turn it down, stay director of football. I could quit. Or this third option I'm taking, I could stand up for my country and, and, and join the players. And he said it was a very easy decision because if I hadn't accepted, I'd never have forgiven myself. That's a nice way to start. And Neil, he, he was... He was you know, convincing. He was um, very firm on messages about the preparation has been done. This squad is good enough. Um, this need not be a giant setback. Um, he was pretty gentle in any potential reprimands for Lopetegui, with whom he played at Real Madrid. And they played together in Lopetegui's only game, a Madrid derby against Atleti back in 1990 when they won the title for the fourth straight year, that time under John Toshak. So um, the the next step, and I'm sorry, this is all very stream of consciousness, was you know running back up the stairs with the sticks and camera, off to training um, by car, and watching a, a beautiful training session um, in terms of you know, not sunset, but a low evening light, um, a perfect temperature, birds tweeting in the trees, the players out and doing what all of you know players do. You know, the, the, the king is dead, long live the king. The training session, as far as we saw, was good and tight and sharp. Uh, Fernando Ayer obviously took it. Um, Danny Carvajal did further work. His his recuperation uh, continues. I, I I don't think he's ready for the Portugal game. Personally, I think that would be Nacho. And, you know, and we moved, in, in our case, back inside the residencia where the rest of the media aren't al- allowed to film what's called a green screen, a chroma key, where if you film people against the green screen, you can impose certain things on it. And it's used um, as the 
the, when the giant scream in the stadium, screen the stadium, announces the teams, and you see a player looking or turning or nodding his head, or you see it in the TV as well. It's part of the TV graphics. We have to film that. We did. We waited until very, very late at night after building that that set, that mini studio, for about three hours. And the new Mister uh, Fernando Yero came in. We had a chat about Harper's Bar in Manchester, which was a favourite haunt of his, and I knew the um, the owners. And that was very smiley and friendly. Finished off our business with him, packed up for the night, uh, got home about one in the morning, and that was one of the most dramatic. Uh, you know, I've written a an evening express column about it, saying that twice, a couple of times before I've been at the heart of the biggest story in the world whether it was being in Jean-Marc Bosman's front living room as the phone was ringing off the hook and the European court decided he'd won his case, or um, being in the dressing room of the World Cup final in 2010 and watching the players, how they celebrated, setting off on an adventure with Gerard Piquet to to get his goal net. And 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 now, um, I, I'm pretty sure that, you know, all, all political things aside, there were, there were times when this must have been the world's number one story. And it was both intriguing and exhausting and I'd be an outright flipping liar if I didn't say that the adrenaline that any news journalist gets from a moment like this is one of the reasons we we're in this game we spoke you and I um a few times yesterday on Wednesday as this was all unfolding um Graham is perhaps the hardest working journalist I know and (laughs) even even for you and there was a, at times yesterday you sound like you were about to break. I mean, physically. You take. You, I tell you, hold on a fucking second. You take that back. Okay, you're not the hardest working, but there were times when I thought you were going to break. You're lucky. No, 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 you're I lucky. You're lucky. There's an you entire continent it. between us. That's the only reason I can be so bold. <laughs> you, you, <laughs> you were stretched. Put it that way. You sounded stretched, and at one point you did send you did send me a video at one point that I can't share. Um, that I described as being like a trailer for a sequel to The Blair Witch Project, which was um, an, un- an unseen protagonist who I assume was Graham, sprinting um, along the length of a concourse of some training ground in Krasnodar to try and get to the people carrier that is going to take you to your next Tripod assignment. over the shoulder, 96 degrees. Um, the, the ghost of Julian Loptegui chasing you for all that you're worth. <laughs> Um, quite a day, as you said. It, it was it was brutal because you're 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 doing so much at the same time. You're taking so many phone calls. You're doing so many, you're trying to affect so many tasks. You're you're trying to think, assess, uh, record things mentally, record things digitally, edit them, um, make decisions about what priority to send things. Um, you're talking to staff, you're trying to influence how the rest of your day will go when the first shot at getting um, access to players or the new coach will be. Um, there's a lot of physical effort about running between spaces. There are um, an inordinate amount of different kinds of guards, um, some of whom proved not to understand Doric and um, are intractable as well. So... Um, yeah, it, it was that was a it was a physical and mental test yesterday, and um, I'm so glad I was there doing it. Okay, um, a couple more points to make before we take a quick break. The first about Iero. I mean, he was he was with the federation from '07 to '11, a big chunk of the the golden era, really. You know that you covered in the in the Spain book. What kind of a bond does he have with the sort of senior figures um, that are there still for this World Cup? 
Um, did you see that as the the obvious and the correct appointment, given the limited options that Rubiales had? I think the first thing to say, you're right. I, I in, in my conversations with Albert Thaladis, you know, I found him to be shrewd and organised. He's he's one of the coming men. He's still very young. Um, his his stature is different from Fernando Hierro, even for a guy by memory born in Andorra who played for Barcelona and Real Madrid. You'd, you'd have to say that. He's he's a guy whose authority will have to be earned by what he does now, not from what he carries forward. And Iero, which I think you're fishing for, carries everything forward. Um, when Sergio Ramos signed for Real Madrid from Sevilla, um, it was Iero's number he wanted. It was Iero's um, achievements that he, he came out and told, first of all, the president and then his fellow players that he wanted to supersede. It was, um, I, I want to be everything that he has been and more. Then, as Gerard Piquet over the, over the years, not now, has spoken about Fernando Hierro, and, and irrespective of the fact that Piquet could be the most predominantly uh, Barca fan in the whole squad, he's an absolute thorough admirer of Fernando Hierro. So the link there is, is very, very good. Um, Yero was uh, has worked at uh, Real Madrid as an assistant coach to Ancelotti. Um, he still remains um, very football bright. He's a commanding presence. He remains as elegant and um, I would say impressive as he was as a footballer. Steve McManaman has talked to me many many times about that dressing room and how Fernando Yero ruled and how it was very difficult for Florentino Perez to reassert presidential control. This is a leader. Um, I think the key question is, one of the phrases used to me by one of the Federation staff who knows these things, was the work is already done. Now it's about managing the tournament and who comes up. So the players are in shape, the playing style is set, there's been a lot of research done on the opponents. It's about Iero. I think initially convincing enough of them, but then having, if things are going, can go well, a light hand on the tiller. The big question comes, if the game tomorrow goes badly, then do cracks appear? Will there be those wishing that Lopetegui had been allowed to stay? I, I don't know. Let's, let's wait and see what the game brings. Um, does he have authority? Is he imposing? Does he bring a track record? Is he a born leader? Yes. One big season um, of, of first-team coaching at uh, Oviedo, backed up by being the f- director of football at the Federation during a, a winning run of um, the World Cup. Um, th- there are some questions to answer, but yours was, was he the best of options? And the answer is yes. Perfect. Um, before a quick break, one last thing. You said no reaction so far from the players. No, not exactly true. You can always rely on Jared Piquet, on the platform of Twitter to come up with the goods. He did some excellent internet-based, I assume, research last night to establish a precedent in this case. If I said the 1989 University of Michigan basketball team to you, Graham, obviously you know where I'm going with this, right? I do know. And um, the, the, the thing I dislike about Gerard is that he's so predictable. I mean, everybody knows the Michigan story, you know, coming back from disaster. The one I'd throw in is, you know, Denmark in, was it 92, when they were on the beach and still won the tournament? And, and nobody was biting my hand off yesterday, but 
I need to remind people that in 2008, it wasn't all sunshine and light. They were booed out of the country, as our book establishes. And the Federation made it pretty damn clear they weren't going to renew Luis Aragonese's contract. So he was negotiating with Fenerbahce during the tournament. And they still won. <laughs> the World Cup, they started with defeat against Switzerland and still won. So I've got a lot of tolerance for the Michigan line and say, uh, yeah, Spain are still going to win. I'm going to give bonus points to Gerard Piquet. I had to look into it. Obviously, he gave me the breadcrumb trail. But in 1989, the University of Michigan, also known as the Wolverines, of course, won the, uh, the NCAA Division I tournament. They had a relatively successful season to qualify for the tournament. And then they dismissed their head coach, obviously, as you know, Bill Frieda, on the eve of the finals tournament after he announced that he was leaving after the tournament to join Arizona State. So I'm going to give Gerard Piquet kudos for finding uh, a pretty neat parallel. We'll be back in a second with questions from our socios over at patreon.com forward slash Graham Hunter. Welcome back. We asked our socios at patreon.com forward slash Graham Hunter for some quickfire questions in regard to the news that's come out of the Spain camp recently. Graham, are you ready? Thank you to all you guys in advance. Michael English, has the dynamic in the squad changed dramatically in terms of management styles? Will this realistically make a significant difference to the team? So quickly, your idea of Iero versus Loptegi, do you think there's going to be a significant difference in leadership style? Yeah, I I think there has to be. It's too soon to say positive or negative but it, it's what Iero has done since he um, stopped playing is different from what Lopetegui did Lopetegui worked his way up winning two junior tournaments for Spain um, worked hand in hand really with De Gea Coque uh, Nacho Isco Morata who's not here but a, a group of players who will over you know <laughs> hopefully longer than the next three games, be absolutely essential to how Spain progress. And just immediately, Iero doesn't have that same experience with them. Uh, Lifting a trophy, Thiago, um, is another one in that list. So there's a change. Um, It's absolutely clear that beyond the relationships, um, Lopetegui had more broad coaching experience. You would say that as um, a number one coach, Yero has one season with Real Oviedo, where he said yesterday, um, you know, I think I did really, really well. We did a good job. Um, I'm excited he's bringing on uh, Carlos Marchena from Sevilla, who was a World Cup winner with Spain and a Euro 2008 winner with Spain. I like him. I value him. I think he's a good guy to um, help link between the new coach and the squad. And... um, I would say that the changes that that that, are, that you've asked about are absolutely um, fundamentally clear because it's a different man with different experiences. But what Yero was suggesting was this is a group which, until it's until there's a need to be instructing them strategically or making strategic changes in the game. It's, it's not a self-cleaning oven, but it's very close to it. <laughs> Fiddley McDonald says, do you think Iero will pick roughly the same team or will there be some changes? He adds that he's rashly backed Aspas for top goal scorer. Uh, <laughs> I think roughly the same, yeah. 
I mean, I still honestly believe that Carvajal doesn't make it. Nacho at right back with the, the rest of the back five absolutely clear. I still think it's clear in Iesta, Busquets. Iero, the great thing, as Rubial has p- pointed out, is that Iero has been at training. Um, it's, it's a baton that Iero picked up that he'd been standing on the side being able to watch training. He must have seen, as he must have seen against Tunisia, that... Koke gives something different to Thiago. I, I, I think that Koke keeps his place up front. Uh, Iero is, is a massive fan of Isco. So although Isco has just been seeking form, I think that, that the arrival of Iero is, is no damage to Isco whatsoever, quite the reverse. Um, David Silva must play. The one where I, th- I would like Aspas to start, I think that Rodrigo was going to start. The way in which Yero has previously spoken about uh, Diego Costa gives me a suspicion that that might be the one place that we see a surprise, that we see a change um, from what Lopetegui was planning. But in the first game, at least, Finlay, it's, it's, it, why would he make radical changes? That's not what he's been appointed for. And why wouldn't he be reaching for maximum experience against the European champions? Liam McLaughlin says, what impact, if any, will the sacking have on the Madrid-Barcelona dynamic within the squad? Well, that, again, that needs to play out. Um, I, can't, I can't be certain about that. And I'm not one who likes to be um, wildly guesstimating. But I think you can take a yardstick from Xavi Hernandez, admittedly back in Madrid, immediately saying that Rubiales did the right thing, that it was inopportune what Lopetegui had done. Now... Xavi was, you know, ultra Spain. He, he, albeit a born Catalan, first generation Catalan, Spain mattered to him. He was the one who, who was happy to put a wrap of a Spain flag around his waist and shout Viva España, albeit that his Catalan sentiments are very clear and he's ultra Barca. So for him to say that Lopetegui, in his view, had done the wrong thing and that Rubiales had done the right thing, I wonder if maybe you might be able to intuit some of what Busquets or Alba or PK might have been thinking. Um, and therefore, uh, I, I, again, I go back to Yero's theme, that the, the way in which these players have arrived at the tournament, be they born in Catalonia or like Iniesta playing for Barcelona and not born in Catalonia, or you know, long-term Madrid starlets coming through the system, like Lucas or Nacho, or a Madrid legend like Sergio Ramos, they're here to win. And I don't think that we've yet reached any kind of stage where divisions will have emerged. Or I think this is a squad which is 23 players saying, we, we have come here with a good atmosphere, and it was Peyton in qualifying, it's been Peyton here, and with a chance of winning. Okay, previously I think you got inside the decision um, that the Federation made really, really well. Our next question from Aditya Prabhaka says, what led Real Madrid to announce their choice in coach and what reaction could they have expected from the Federation? You know, I'm not going to be put in the position of defending Florentino Perez. Please don't make me do that. But... You know, if you've been around big football clubs, you can understand it. And and this probably before I go and attend the press conference needs to be the final answer. I, I, it's clear that, you know, Real Madrid and Florentino Perez or Jose Ancho Sanchez, his vice president, have, have, have not helped Spain's efforts. Lopetegui himself was 
dedicated to winning this trophy, was looking forward just as an individual to be coaching at the tournament. I know that because he told me so. And Lopetegui's point of view was, this is a tournament where I want to focus on football. I don't want outside issues. None of these things have come true, and that's largely because of Real Madrid's actions. One, could we honestly, could anybody honestly uh, blame a guy who went to Madrid age 19 from Real Sociedad, um, played through until he got his debut at 23, didn't succeed, moved on, subsequently coached at, uh, worked at Rayo Vallecano, played at Rayo Vallecano, beat uh, Madrid for Rayo Vallecano in a, in, a, in a derby, was you know head of their international scouting coordinators, was Castilla coach. Can we really blame Lopetegui for saying, I want this opportunity? I, I've got a pretty open mind about what most of us would do given that choice. Where it went wrong was not acceding to Rubiales' request that it wasn't made public. Real Madrid are a big club. They, they, they were left shocked by Zidane's departure. They uh, need to convince uh, players who are renewing or who are leaving that, this, that the ship is steady. They needed a coach. Um, waiting to appoint one until July 16th if Spain were to go to the final. Probably not acceptable to Real Madrid's fans and sponsors and players. It's It's been an unfortunate clash uh, and th- where I think it will veer into ill-judged is if if Lopetegui and Real Madrid host this press conference and, and all the issues are churned out again the night before the Portugal game so that the morning of the, the game dawns with more headlines and tough questions to have answered. But um, until I see evidence with my own eyes that the players can't cope with all this, I'm going to say that I think that they can and that while it hasn't helped, I don't think it's time to man the life rafts. Tom, Richard... Philip, Daryl, Ben, sorry, there is no time for your questions. Tom, Richard, Daryl, Philip, Ben, keep them coming, send them in, we'll come back to them, I promise. (laughs) Match day minus one is calling. Listen, that's just about our show. I hope you're enjoying the World Cup podcasts, they haven't been dull. If you want to support us, please leave a review on iTunes, buy your raises from our sponsors by going to trygillette.com forward slash big interview or join our supporters trust at patreon.com forward slash Graham Hunter. It's one day until Spain kick off against Portugal. We haven't even talked about that game yet. There'll be more podcasts very soon. But for now, Graham, go. Thank you. Hasta luego. Dos vidanya. I really hope you're enjoying these World Cup shows. We've got huge plans for next season, but we do need your help to make them happen go to patreon.com forward slash Graham Hunter right now to become a socio, a member, to join us, to support us. You'll get an extra big interview every month, plus lots of other bonus content. Last season, our members got nine exclusive big interviews, including Rafa van der Vaart, Troy Dini, and Roberto Di Matteo. So go to patreon.com forward slash Graham Hunter. Do it now, please. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? 
They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. 